Hello, I'm exhausted. Okay. <laughs> getting getting set up. Getting set up. It's a struggle. Um. Well, yeah, I know. It's. I don't think one time have we had it just work without technical problems. Mom does very well on the technical front. I was thinking, I know, as you're setting it up, I was like, it's amazing. You've learned how to do all of this. I have no clue how to work. No, you haven't. Band. No, you haven't. Um, no, I don't. I, you know, I was thinking I could run a course um, for seniors who want to podcast their, their uh, you know, like family histories are such a big thing for seniors. That's a good point. Imagine be like the and they oral can do a, history. Yeah, yeah. And so this is how you can do an oral history for your family or for the world. That would be so cool actually. Yeah. And imagine it doesn't have to be a huge public thing, but, it, you know, it's mm. like this archive you can niche. have. Niche. We're in the niche. We are in the niche era. Oh, yeah, there the needs niche. to be like – Pliocene, Mayostein, Nishistine. <laughs> <Nishistine. laughs> um, we are in the niche era and my mantra this week is less is more. And it was very interesting because I saw something on social media, someone saying less is more. Then I um, Tuesday or Wednesday I did a yoga mm. and it was a pre-purchase thing that I got from years ago. Yeah. and Tristan? Not Tristan, oh. Leah. And I did Tristan the next day, but this the, the day before I did Leah and she was like, it's like meditative and it's yoga-ish mm. and it's the less is more yeah. was the thing that she was saying. Yeah. So this session we're thinking less is more. And I'm like, it really resonated and I am going to be all about less is more. Okay, good. That's exciting. Yeah. Across every aspect of my life. Oh, my God. Are you going to become one of those like feng shui minimalists, you know, I don't that know have that like that's, five objects? I don't think that's possible. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's possible. I did try the Marie Kondo years ago. I Does remember. this spark joy? Does this spark joy? And I, I got a lot of stuff. Folding I still do her folding. <laughs> it's good folding. I do her folding, for, especially for yeah. my undies. It is good. But I don't know that I could ever get to that. But I need to find somewhere in the middle more. I think middle middle is good, you know what I mean? And I have a tendency to swing to extremes, I think, mm. about things as yep. a person. I want to do all or nothing. And doing some is good enough, you know, doing some of the good habits, doing some of the good work. Like I have a tendency to be like, unless I'm doing every single thing that I want in like a good lifestyle way, like what's the point? You know, yeah, and, that's not, and it's too stressful. It's not, it's not sustainable. No. It's not. No. You know? Less is more. Less is more. Okay. That's our motto, our mm. chant. I like that. I remembered what it was I saw on social media and it was actually in the context of AI, like mm. I'm doing still so much reading on AI. Yeah. Um, but instead of doing five things, instead of doing <laughs> – Less is more. Yeah, yeah. Less in, words. In no, it's brain. something like instead of doing five, say, projects or whatever, yeah. but you're running at a three out of five, do three and run at a five out of five. Maybe that was it. Right. Well, but – and I think that's so true. I think we've had like a, a, a long time of everyone being like multitasking, technology, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. we'll just end up doing everything half ass because you can't worry. As you think about it, 200 years ago, people would do one thing every single fucking day. They'd be like, mm. I'm a stonemason yes. or I'm a baker or whatever it was, their primary jobs. And, you know, or if you're a woman, you're like, I knit every day. I'm really good at fucking knitting. I don't know. Like I just – yeah. 
I feel like we try, yeah, we try to do everything. And everyone particularly right now is trying to have all the skills and like package themselves as like the whole, you know, thing, mm. particularly in the gig economy and the self-employed space. So my thing is going to be I'm not the complete package. You do garage band and you're a great writer and you make courses and you teach. <laughs> but that's a lot. Like because mm. I was thinking for this online teaching idea and I'll may probably cut this out because I don't want to give stuff away, but I was thinking of three things. I know. Just do one. Pick one. Yeah. Pick one. And I think this is the thing. We we tend to dream big and we have lots of big ideas, which I think is great, but then you kind of get stuck in the I have to do it all. And again, and then you end up doing nothing, whereas it's like, okay, bite off what you can chew, start with teaching writing, and then if that goes well, you can always expand, but like just you have to start small. I think so, but I think also having that big landscape in your head of all of the ideas and then you make your decisions. I think what you just said, we we have big ideas, we can we have the capacity to think of a lot of things. I think you need to be able to conceive things and then make decisions. But because we can conceive them, then we think, oh, the logical thing is to try and do them. No. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, you're looking but, really blank. No, I do. I'm trying to understand what you're saying. All I right. What you're saying. You're saying that because you have the idea and because you can see how they've done, then you think, okay, so I should do it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's the right option. So I'm not doing it. No, exactly. Right and sometimes you can't see how they can be done and you put a lot of energy into thinking, so how could that be done? But I think, I think it's important to, all right, I thought you were suggesting that we stop trying to think about all the things. No. no. We still need to let the mind be expansive and creative and wandering and Yes. Reflecting and thinking about things and being creative in that way, but not think, oh, just because I've thought of it and just because I think it's a good idea, I have to do it. True. And I agree with that. What I was saying that I think that expansive way of thinking is really wonderful and really great, but that doesn't necessarily make you always the best implementation person, right? Exactly. Because you're the creative thinking ideas person. And so sometimes when you're trying to get stuff done, I think it is good to narrow down and be like, okay, what's the first step? What's the small thing that I'm going to test this idea out on? Instead of trying to do three ideas, you do one and it doesn't mean you can't expand. Mm. As I think we've often gone like top down of like, we're going to do all these crazy big things. And instead of just starting with a small piece and building up, you know? Mm. Yeah. And, and, and that's more feasible and Less overwhelming because I think a lot of, well, for me, a lot of I, I sort of stop because it's just, it's just too much but to, that, to, that's what to I mean. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so you what get you're saying. Stuck in that, and then you don't progress. Maybe with you any don't do of anything. It. Yeah, and I think that that's something I realize is, yeah, that you just have to really take what you think is going to be the most viable and try that and see how it goes. You know, instead of trying to do it all. Um, otherwise, yeah, you kind of get, like I was saying, doing some of the stuff, some of the time mm. is good enough. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's not just good enough. It's the the best way well, I would, yeah. I would argue. Mm. And sometimes we can get caught in the trap of, we think about things a lot and then we feel like we've done, done the thing in a way. Oh my God, me, t- me, I, I created, <laughs> visualized and that's the so lists. much. That's <laughs> yeah. the list. Then I'm like amazing it's now just gonna happen because i've thought about it so much instead of being like okay i need to like put the work in. or the energy kind of dissipates yeah the energy gets spent mm, totally um so that's interesting but then how do you yeah so it's about sustaining energy for you know things that require 
a long-form approach, but it's also about resisting that urge to sort of put things to the side thinking it's done or feeling that there's some sort of completion or satisfaction, even if it's on a subconscious level. Mm, I reckon. Well, I think this is the thing. Like I was actually talking um, at work with people about this and they were saying how – um, I can't remember, but there were like a whole bunch of different terms for different kind of people, right? In how they work. And you need a person, if you like starting at the idea to then like the success of an idea and it becoming a reality in a business, mm. there's different kinds of people and how they work. And I can't remember, it was like called the rhino, the this, the ah, that, or whatever. Were they and all so, animals? Yeah, they were all animals, I'm fairly sure. And so mm. this idea is that, you know, there's certain people, some people are like the ideas people, right? And they just want to come up with the ideas and they can't make it a reality. And then there's the people that all they want to do are the processes and the implementation and the blah, blah, blah. And then and so you kind of need all of these people and all these skill sets to get it done. And I think that that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately is trying to do something by yourself solo is really hard because you don't have all the skill set, And you also need that, like, I think that extra bit of energy of like a partnership mm. or doing something with someone or a group of people. And I think that's why most new ideas or businesses or whatever, it's a, it's people working together to do that. I think it's very difficult to do as a solo person. That's why we're always <laughs> idea partners. I feel that, you know, you get into a, that creative chamber or bubble bubble with a person another person and that's where the things are bouncing back and forwards yeah you don't get that with yourself yeah no so so much no and you get accountability and you Mm. know what i mean like you Mm -hmm. have to deliver something i think in a different way (laughs) or just talk endlessly (laughs) and then create a podcast no or talk endlessly plan it all out and then move on to the next thing like what was our thing um Lazarus. Oh, but you know, Lazarus books. That you know, it's all variations. It's all part of the process. I do, you know, mm. I do believe. But yeah, okay, interesting stuff. Well, it is interesting stuff. Less is more. Less is more. Less is more. And niche. The idea of niche, niche in your life. And and I do think that the concept of niche is going to become increasingly important it's going to be the thing that cuts through the noise and i think it's going to be the thing that ai for example like the the supposed threat of ai in terms of writing or copywriting Mm. or maybe even literature niche interests like going to the micro yeah is going to be i think one of the things that cuts through and that becomes increasingly of value. I'm not sure how it would look exactly, but I think that sort of very human interest in small things or one area of of, of a thing mm. will be the thing being catered to. And I think only that can be done by other humans. Well I think mm, I don't I think we're already living in a time when niche is the whole everything. Do you? Absolutely. I, I think we've been for a long time Anytime anyone is trying to do anything with social media or whatever, the first thing people say is find your niche. Who's your audience? What are you saying that's different from what everyone else is saying? What are you doing that's creating something that's different from what everyone else is doing? And But know, people don't do it. I know that that's what people are told to do. I think everyone And I think that's a market. It. It's being used as a marketing term, but I don't know that people really do it, not the people that are wanting to make money. I, th- I don't agree. So what's what's an example? I know I know what you're saying. I know that that's what the the kind of directive is out there. 
Anyway, yeah. No, I'm just I think anyone who's become successful mm. in any way, particularly using the current technology we have, mm. social media, TikTok, Instagram, mm. YouTube, whatever platform, it is because they have found a niche of people that they are speaking to in a particular way, either on an right. interesting niche topic mm. or in a specific way of them. The per- it's all about the individuality of that person. Like we've we've transcended beyond like the 2010s where just <coughs> being a, a pretty person on Instagram yeah. is going to yeah. get you somewhere and it's about them, the individual, connecting with their followers yeah. in the only way that they can do, Yeah, right? So it's become so individualized and about the person. Okay, I guess what I was saying is was I think that, yeah, you're right, it already exists, but I think that's what will cut through and that's what will continue to cut yes, through. Yes, yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and AI will be, will be used, though, in ways to, I think, simulate and emulate that. Mm, I guess. But people will always be looking for human connection. Like we have a mm. parasympathetic. What is it called? Parasympathetic relationship with yeah. social media and people on it. Like mm. that's not going to change. Mm. But I think what you know, I think we're particularly in a time where so much can be so fake. We're looking for real, mm. real people, real emotions. Even like with stuff like OnlyFans, real sex. You know, it's so fascinating that we have a porn industry where you can watch anything you want for free on the internet, anything you could possibly want. And yet people are willing to pay like actual money, $10, $20 a video, whatever to watch people be real. Mm. And that is fascinating, Mm. you know? Mm. Um, And it just goes to show it's, it's not about seeing whatever you want or getting whatever you want. It's about connecting with someone and seeing their real life. And I don't, yeah, I don't think AI can do that. And so I think people are going to get pushed into like labor jobs, like physical labor jobs or producing real content as a real person Mm. to people. Mm. And AI will do that middle, anything that's admin-y, anything that's service-y, anything that's process-y, it will do all of that and humans will get pushed into one or the other. So maybe uh, for many of us, AI will free, yeah, free up the office workers so they can become real content producers. Like the guy who, I think you sent me that video, but the guy who um, he's like worked at Facebook, he's worked at Instagram, you know what I mean, Twitter, mm. whatever, he's like one of the dudes, <laughs> was saying that content production is the future. And I think we're already seeing that now Mm. and we're seeing a change of our expectation around work and around the economy to like even my attitudes are so different from the people I work with who are like 20 years older than me and they are so like I am here to be an employee, do my job and and make my money in a very secure and set out Mm. way. Whereas I look at everything and I'm like how can I, the individual – do something for me that's not hemmed in by this system. And so I feel like a lot of younger people are looking for other avenues and other options than just your traditional nine-to-five job. And the way that you do that and make money is to essentially sell yourself in one way or another. Mm. And it's gone from I'm selling my time or my labor or my skill set to you, the business, to I'm selling me, the person, you know, and my character or my likes, my dislikes, my pain, my emotion, my experience, like all of that. And it's interesting. 
I don't, I don't think it makes people very happy. You know, I think being an influencer would be the hardest thing in the world. Well, it's constant. Constant. It never ends. You never leave your workplace. You never have. You never clock off. It, it goes with you, like you are, and it would completely change the way you view the world. And we already don't live in the moment enough. Mm. We already don't experience life enough. Mm. And I just think if everything you're doing is filtered through your phone as an oh, experience yeah. it's in It's a – it's like the word slave or enslavement is very, very loaded with history. So maybe there's a better word to sort of – talk about that but it is a form of that isn't it it's it's um it's a real trap and it's interesting because it's providing people with more money and privilege and you know what i mean all those things that we think give people freedom and do in a lot of ways than probably any other industry boom you know what i mean like there are kids who are 12 making more money than traditional celebrities who are 20 years into their career. Is that autonomously or is that like with parents doing it in the background? I think for most of these people, no, it's it's autonomously. And like, you know, we've had a whole generation of children going up with a lot of access to social media and technology with not a lot of supervision, you know, mm. and kids get on there and they just start making stuff. And I think, mm. you know, you obviously have those parents who use their children for their platforms, but yeah, you know, Jojo Sweet or whatever, she um, she started making her own videos and has just been, like, incredibly successful. And, like, her, you know, parents get involved at a certain point. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, kids just are, you know, kids are just – they. I think, you know, they kind of get on there and they just make stuff and people like to see that um, self-consciousness, you know. Um but yeah, there's like so many examples of really young kids, young creators. Yeah, but you we have to wonder as well, like what that does to like their development to yeah. at such a young age, showing that their value is in like that sharing element. Yes, and like we were saying before, just seeing the world in that way, like everything is everything is content. Yeah, and and there was a, I'm not sure who said it. A journalist, everything is copy. Mm. That might have been, um, yeah, I don't know who, maybe Nora Ephron. Everything is copy. Now it's become everything is content and that's how you see the world and that's not a nice way to live. Mm -mm. Like I know that like a slightly parallel example, once I got into the writing seriously, I could no longer read in the purest Mm. way and approach that I did before. So now everything is uh, a learning opportunity. That's good. That's not good. Yeah, Do that. Don't do that. Like with that critical eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just completely colours everything I read. It's it's rare. Not everything, but – Fiction, Most, yeah. fic- fiction. Right. So that's... now I'm finding myself. I just want to read nonfiction because it's yeah, it's not what I do. Yeah, yeah. And as I can mm. lose myself in it, mm. that's so interesting. I think that's like the the thing that can happen when people turn passion into something that they're doing in a productive work way. And I can mm. imagine that would happen with a lot of people in the arts or the kind of yep. craft or creative spaces. Mm. You know, and it's not necessarily like a. a bad truly bad thing because the pleasure that you get from doing that would outweigh that Mm. that outcome but I don't know I think 
more than ever, people are going to have to just be very intentional with what they do. Yeah. Because anything to do with the internet or technology or AI or whatever, I think can have a lot of unintended consequences if we're not thinking very carefully about our boundaries and our self-discipline and our habits and, and kind of what that will look like going into the into the future. I don't know. I think we just ideally like have a plan about how technology can work for you instead of you just constantly working for it. Yeah, and just talk a little bit about Flex. Like mm. she is an influencer who stepped back or changed the way she was working or has it stuck? Well, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Also, she, like I don't know if we mentioned this last episode, but she's moved to Melbourne. Yeah, we did talk about oh, it last did. episode. Okay. Well, yep. I'm constantly stalking her stories, and she was like right underneath my bedroom the other day, but I was no way. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she was, like on Brunswick Street, and I was like, oh, oh wow. Anyway. I reckon you'll run into her. I you need so. to be prepared. You I know. need to be prepared. But anyway, has it stuck for her that stepping away? To be honest, I don't know, but she's still very active on Instagram. But I think she has really. You know, she was super intentional about becoming an influencer as a way to build a platform to do her other stuff. And she's been, I think, quite smart about what brand she's trying to create yeah. and build and what businesses she's getting involved in. And what's her other stuff? Like I know she's music DJ, but no, that was probably – No, no, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think she still does. Yeah. She does like a lot of appearances and stuff like that mm. and um, she's been doing like more media stuff like interviewing people, being on a panel. She yeah. does her yeah. podcast and she's obviously doing well enough to be able to buy a property to Airbnb mm. down in mm. Tasmania. Mm. Um, you know, that's pretty good considering she's like only – your age. My age or a year or two older or something. Yeah. Um, like that's a lot of and, mm. and it's interesting because she could probably go and get a really great job anywhere now because she's kind of shown that she's got yes. a lot of skills and that she can kind of make shit happen. So she could go in at like a top job in some very cool company mm. and probably make a shit ton of money. And that's quite interesting because I do think it's transferable, this kind of self-employed which is quite a, um, uh, you know, uh, not secure way to work, you can then turn that, I think, into secure employment and probably end up at a higher position than if you'd gone to uni, got a job straight out of uni and slogged it because mm. there's just not a lot of mobility from within, but I think there's a lot of mobility across. Yeah, yeah, it is a very precarious. I think th that's the term precarious. precarious. Um, precarious. We actually had a a briefing yesterday uh, or the other day at work on work stuff and a survey that we did looking into work kind of practices by per generation and what's mm. the most important thing to people and what kind of work are people doing and you know this real shift to the gig or self-employed economy is really interesting and I think yet yeah, people are just working particularly the younger generations completely differently from you know the mm. boomers and even Gen Gen X and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I think where things go economically over the next few years as well is going to really change how we're going to have to work as well. Like mm. I don't think there's going to be as much freedom or to be like, I'm going to pursue that hobby and maybe it will be a success. It's going to be people are going to be like, I need secure. I think that's really going to change us back to traditional ways of working mm. a little bit more. Mm. Watch. Interesting, yes. and and that idea of flex building bottom up, which is what you were talking about before, mm. rather than top down. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's all very interesting.